0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Parenting Aces Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio's U R Tennis Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone. Back in Atlanta after two weeks on the road, watching so much college tennis, it was just absolutely awesome. I was at the Oracle ITA Junior and College Masters out in Malibu for several days. And then made my way to Las Vegas for the Mountain Regionals uh, to watch my son play, which was a blast. And now I'm back for a short period of time. And we are doing the show a day early because my women's ALTA team, my league team, uh, won our division. And we are in the playoffs, which start tomorrow. So um, I am going to be on the court. During normal airtime, and thankfully this week's guest Todd Whittem was available to do the show a day early, and I'm so grateful to him for tweaking his schedule a little bit to help me out this week. Also, the Atlanta ITF tournament is going on. The junior event is going on in Atlanta this week at I believe it's out at Lifetime Fitness, and so I want to just wish all the kids that are playing in that event the best of luck. That event has a special place in my heart because it's where my son earned his first itf ranking points and so that was a pretty pretty cool milestone for him and uh, i always love that tournament so for the kids playing good luck to you guys and the weather is supposed to be perfect it's like high 70s this week clear skies couldn't be more beautiful for tennis so before i let any more time go by. Let me just go ahead and get Todd on the line because he and I have so much to talk about. He always has so much good information to share. And uh, so let me get him with us. Todd, are you there?
1: Hi, Lisa. I am here. And uh, thanks very much for having me on your show. Uh, I hope that your viewers have uh, enjoyed my articles that I've written for you and Parenting Aces. And uh, now I'm very excited to be on your show. So this should be a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you always have so much good information to share, and you really come at the tennis thing from a great place, which is that you played at all levels of the game, and you understand what these kids are going through. And it seems like when you talk to parents or even, you know, when you've told me or written about conversations you've had with some of the players, uh you you seem to be able to relate on a, a very personal level with with the players and the parents, and I I just think that's fantastic. So I I'm, I'm excited to have the opportunity to get you on the show.
1: Well, thank you very much, Lisa. Yeah, you know I'm I'm based out of South Florida. And uh, about western Fort Lauderdale, the city, is uh, Coral Springs. And, you know, I do I do things a little bit different. Um, you know, most, most people call me and they say, you know, tell me about your tennis academy. And I kind of stop them right there and I say, this is not a tennis academy. So, you know, the things that I do with the kids on a daily basis are, are quite different. You know, it's a lot of personalized attention. And uh, I only have about six players that I'm working with right now, and they're like family to me. I spend a lot of time with the kids. You know, if they, if they need to be picked up at home, I go and I run, I pick them up. Whatever they need from A to Z, it's for them. And I love spending my five hours a day with them and trying to help them achieve their goals and dreams.
0: Well, that's fantastic. You are a rare bird. <laughs> I, I know you realize <laughs> that, but uh... – I just want to point yeah. that out and I think, you know, a lot of the parents that tune into Parenting Aces are here because maybe their child isn't getting that type of attention from their coach and you know, they they want to know how to how to get that out of their child's coach and and so maybe a good jumping off point for our conversation today is what questions should parents be asking of these coaches before
1: they hand over their children? Ooh, that, that's a very good question, Lisa. Um, when a parent comes to me or, or they call me first, obviously, it starts with a phone call, but, you know, I speak about what I do and how, how I go about doing the things with the kids. And uh, the parents really need to be informed about who's going to guide their kid through their tennis career and maybe through their college career or even professional career. There's a lot of different, different ways to develop kids it depends on their personality it depends on their parenting situation at home so what the parents need to really be informed about before they they hire a coach is what what does the coach actually specialize in are they very good in all different aspects of coaching a child whether it's you know mentally physically tactically technically there's a lot of different things that have to be in place for the child for them to be performing at a very high level, and it really all starts with what the goals and the dreams are of the child, and that that has to be very very clear to the coach about what the child wants with their tennis. In my opinion, and in my experiences, for for me, I was trained at a very high level at a very young age, and so I really am trying to guide the kids that I train to be the highest level player they can. Um, at this moment, I don't train recreational tennis players, even though you know that's fun and everything. But my goal is to really help guide these children to be the best they can. And really, they're all looking to be very, very high-level college players or professional players. And I demand a lot from them, and so do the parents. The parents demand a lot from me, and they understand that this is, this is a little bit of a team effort, even though tennis is individual, but it's a team effort. And everyone has to be on the same page, and you have to know exactly what your coach is very strong at. Are they very strong at developing younger children? Are they very strong at developing kids maybe a couple of years before college? Are they very good with professional tennis players? It is a rarity to have a coach that's very good at developing all different levels of tennis players, which I was very fortunate to have as as uh, all of you that have read my articles. I had one or two main coaches from when I was six to 26 years old from when I retired on the tour. So that's, that's rare. And I understand that, but, um, you know, parents have to be very, very aware of what their coaches is specializing in.
0: Well, I think that's a great point. And you mentioned that, you know, the coach needs to be aware of, of what the player's goals are, but, um, you know, in my own experience, uh, the goals change as the kids grow up, right? So, for a lot of these kids, when they're first starting to play at six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, you know, their their goal may be to to be number one in the world, or to be, you know, to play at one of the top colleges in the country, or to win the NCAA's, or whatever. There's, you know, they have these high-level goals typically when they're starting out. But those goals may shift as their priorities shift, you know, as they're growing up, especially once they hit high school age and other um, lures (laughs) come into the picture. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, keeping the lines of communication open? and, And what is the role of the coach as the kid is Growing up and facing other uh, temptations off the tennis court.
1: Well, that's a, that's an excellent question. Um, you know, it, it, it is the coach's responsibility to make sure everyone is on the same page and to make sure that the goals and dreams are realistic. You don't you don't want to be killing any any child's dreams, but you want to make sure that they're achieving their goals and they're and they're progressing consistently to what they would like to become, you know, with their goals and dreams. Um, in terms of maybe, you know, younger children trying to, you know, per se, you know, achieve, achieve their dreams, but also a young child, you know, now having more distractions maybe as they reach, you know, teenage years and they start driving a car. and It's really important from, from the coach's perspective to make sure that they're, that they're guided properly and make sure that they're going to be in a very good position not only for tennis but for the rest of their life. There there are many skills that you can that you learn about through tennis, a lot of the disciplines and and just everything on a daily basis that you can learn about tennis wise that you can apply to your life. My my coaches growing up, they they weren't just tennis coaches, they were father figures. And so every time that I had a problem or a concern or whatever it was, I, many times I went to them. And that, that happens as well in, in, in the system that I run because maybe a child is a little bit in fear of telling their parents what is going on in their life, and and, they're the, and you're the one that they turn to. So it becomes a very, very close relationship with the players, and you want to make sure that you're there for them and that obviously that you're caring for them and make sure that they're in a great position to thrive in their life because tennis is only going to last so long. The vast majority of tennis players are going to retire when they're 22. And what I mean by retire is that they play four years of college tennis, and then they're going to enter the real world, maybe get a job, or they go to graduate school or maybe law school or, or medical school. So you want to make sure that life after tennis is going to be an excellent thing for them. Right, and
0: you know we have a lot of um, tools at our disposal now as parents um, you coaches certainly have a lot of tools at your disposal uh, online so different rating systems u t r we have tennisrecruiting.net dot net now obviously we have the u s t a rankings so where does all that come into play in terms of keeping the player, as you said, realistic about what their goals and dreams are?
1: Well, those are excellent tools to find out whether your, your, your son or daughter is progressing in their tennis. Maybe they're kind of staying at the same level or, unfortunately, maybe regressing. So, you know, there's nothing perfect based on whether it's a USJ ranking or tennis recruiting or universal tennis, there's nothing perfect. And those are excellent tools to find out, you know, the progress of your son or daughter. But what you should be looking at is, you know, you can, you can get a good basis of where your child is at. You can also get a good basis of what colleges you could apply for that is realistic for your son or daughter. And, and those are all excellent tools. You know, the only tool that I had growing up was either a state ranking or a national ranking. And that was all based on the type of players that you were, that you were beating in tennis tournaments. Now you have a great rating system and it's just a fantastic tool. Uh, the players that I trained, they'll be going to a tournament and they'll, and they'll, whoever their first round opponent will be, I'll just type in that name. I can find out really fast, the level of that player and everything. And it's just fantastic. So I really, really love both tennis recruiting and universal tennis for, for that. And also you get a realistic, realistic way of what, what, what kind of college programs should this player be applying to and where are they going to prosper for the next four years of their life?
0: Yeah. I, it's, I mean, these, these rating tools are especially helpful. I find, um, you know, as a parent, it's I feel much better looking at that at those websites than I do at just a points-per-round ranking because that's just kind of luck of the draw and, you know, how strong or weak the field might be. You know, it really doesn't show you how you're doing against the top kids in your age group necessarily. So, um, yeah, I think it's great. And I, I hope by now that... My listeners and my readers all are checking UTR. They've, you know, set up an account for their kid, that they're checking tennis recruiting. They have, you know, they've set up an account there, and um, that you guys are all really using these two rating systems as a more reliable indicator of how your kid is doing. So you said, Todd, that, you know, there, there are cases where the player may even be regressing, as a coach, how do you address that? What do you do about it? And what's, where does the parent come in to
1: those actions or conversations? Well, that, that's, an, that's an excellent question. I, I look at it this way, basically. If, if a player is regressing, there's something majorly wrong that needs to be addressed. Maybe you're not communicating well enough or what you're working on with the player Um, maybe there's, unfortunately, maybe there's a situation inside the house, which is, which is really stalling the development of, of the, uh, of the young player. Um, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe it's boyfriend or girlfriend issues off the court. As I've, as I've spoken to the players that I train and, and the parents, everything has to be in place for your son or daughter, for them to really progress and feel great about their tennis. They have to be confident in their coach. The home life has to be great. School life has to be good. There's, you know, fitness and, you know, just everything has to be in place for them to perform because they're the only ones that are on the court going to play in a tennis tournament. And so if something is bothering them, they're not going to be performing at their best level. And in terms of right. regression for, you know, in, in terms of regression for, for, a, for a young person, the players, they really should be progressing at all times. Now, maybe you're fixing something in their game. It could be technically, it could be tactically, it could be mentally, whatever you're working on, but they should be winning more matches as they progress through their tennis career. If if it stalls or, or they start losing the players, maybe that they were once beating something, you know, needs, needs to be looked at because that really. You know, you you shouldn't be regressing in your tennis. Now, you know, in, in terms of you know, coaches that see students that are regressing. In in in, in my in my tennis world, and and in the, in in what I do with with the children, if I'm gonna spend five hours a day with with this you know with the with these young kids and everything, I really feel like they're gonna progress, and I also make sure that I understand the background of not only the parents, but also the children, what, what helps the kid learn, what maybe doesn't help the child learn each and every case is different. So I look at everything differently. If I had a big massive system of 20 or 30 kids running around, I wouldn't really be able to do that. It's more of a cookie cutter mold. And that, that's really something that I've never believed in. And that's not something that, that, that I grew up in my tennis background having, you know, lots of kids running around and, and a lot of them doing the same drills and everything. I look at everything as a case by uh, um, case, case by case basis. And then I go from there to try to, you know, help them progress in their tennis to the best that they can.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough situation. And, you know, I think certainly most kids go through a period where, you know, they're having challenges at school or at home, or like you said, boyfriend, girlfriend issues. Um, God, those are the worst. (laughs) And, (laughs) uh, you know, I, I mean, it's nice, I think for, for, especially a teenager to, to know that they can rely on their coach as a supportive ear in those situations. And as you mentioned, a lot of times the kids don't feel comfortable coming to their parents with these kinds of things. And, you know, I, I think it's, I always wish that my kid had that relationship with the coach to, to be able to have those conversations. And, you know, unfortunately not every coach um, feels that that's their role and that's fine, but that's one of those things huh. that I guess, you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation today, you know, when you're interviewing a coach, what, what questions should you ask? Maybe that's one of them. and, and, I don't know, Todd, I mean, how do you feel about the fact that, you know, if, if you're choosing a coach for your child at seven, eight, nine years old, um, you know, obviously as the kid grows and changes, the needs for a coach are going to change as well. Is it a conversation that should be had again or should, you know, that interview-type conversation, should should that be happening on a regular basis? I mean, should parents try to do that? Do our coaches usually amenable to that? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, you usually it it is rare to have the the well, the way that I grew up in in my tennis career, it was very rare to basically be be having two partners guide me along my tennis career for 20 years. I know that's really rare. I speak when, when, I, when, when parents interview me, and by the way, I interview them as well to see if I really want to take on the child as well because my system is so small that I want to make sure that it's not only good for me, it's good for the parents, but it's also good for, for the children that I'm training at the current, at the current time. Um, the parents need to be, in, in, in my opinion, the parents need to be informed about you know, the, the process of development that their child is going to go through. And and then have short term goals about how they're going to achieve those goals, and then as those goals are met, then you start making new goals and, and and different goals, and it's a it's a it's a process. Obviously, as many of you have heard, it is a process. But you have to make sure that you go about the process in a very disciplined manner, and make sure that the child is learning all the time. I, I'm not sure I see children learning new tools and and how to be winning matches and how to be training and training properly. And that's really many times the basis of the articles I write as well as that let's, let's make sure that the children are, are training properly and their preparations are proper so that they can achieve their goals and dreams and, and get into the position that they would like to get into with their tennis career, whether it's maybe college or even high school or professional tennis. So having someone in your in their corner who's very organized who's very disciplined who's going to teach your child how to act how to approach you know and and speak to college coaches there's so much that's involved for a tennis coach and there's a huge responsibility that the tennis coach has to guide the children properly because depending on whether your child is homeschooled or they go to regular school for instance my the children that I train they're with me they're, oh, sorry they're training with me 5 hours a day but it's even longer than that because they come they eat lunch I'm with them all day long and and not only that then I go to their tournaments on the weekends I don't go to every single mm-hmm. tournament but I do go to many tournaments on the weekends so you mm-hmm. want to make sure that everything is going well and the communication is very good and that the communication to the parents is very good so that they understand what their child is going through at the present moment and, and how they're going to progress through their development so they achieve their goals and dreams.
0: Well, so you talked about, you know, the training and, and um, you know, how it needs to adapt and, and what types of things you're looking for and um, what the parents should be looking for. But can you, can you explain um, what a one-hour lesson typically looks like with you? or however long your lessons are, I guess. If you're with the kids <clears throat> five hours, it's a lot longer than an hour.
1: Right, right. So I don't do, per se, lots of one-hour lessons because the players that I train are with me five hours a day. If they even went longer than that, you, you start risking maybe injury, maybe burnout, and that's, that's not something that I'm obviously looking for with, with any of the players that, that I train. Um, a one-hour lesson for you, for A beginning tennis player you're going to work a lot on on techniques and maybe some techniques of movement and and that may go on until all the proper grips and swings and 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 all those things are are proper what when when the child starts progressing maybe to 10 12 13 years old you're now all those things should should be set so maybe when the player is you know, maybe around 10, 11 years old, all the grips, techniques, those things should be set. What I am seeing is a lot of kids are changing things much later on in their, in their tennis. And that's very, very late in the ball game. So I'm not sure that when they, when they started playing tennis, that all the, all the techniques and all the fundamentals were, were proper. Um, So what I believe a tennis lesson should, should look like is, you know, if the player is per se a teenager they should be doing a lot of movement they should be doing a lot of repetitions you know hitting specific spots on the courts um you know a, a, and and what what i'm seeing a lot is that kids are coming out of lessons and they're they're not they haven't really worked that hard and they're not tired and they just go right into their groups and and quite honestly i'm i'm not sure what what they're really achieving i mean if, if they're still working solely on techniques when they get into their teenage years and they're not really moving and, and and learning how to construct points and learning how to train and the physicality of tennis and everything. To me, they're, they're very far behind and it's going to take a lot of work maybe to reprogram their, their brain to actually what the sport is, is really about. What I, what I think lacks a little bit is the education of what, what tennis really is. Tennis, this is a very, very demanding sport. If you want to be playing college tennis or professional tennis, it's one of the toughest, toughest sports out there. And I remember thinking this when I was on the ATP tour is that, man, there are so many different aspects to this sport, whether it's court surfaces, balls, you know, getting on plane flights. There's so many different elements that make this sport very, very demanding on, on a person. So you want to make sure that, that they are up to the challenge and that they understand really how demanding the sport is and the workouts should be very tough. This is a very, very tough sport. And so many, many times I have players that come over to me and, and they train, they tell me they train 25 to 30 hours a week and, I, and that's a lot of hours. And so I, I tell them, all right, well, let's start with a one-hour lesson and they kind of look at me like I'm crazy. And, and I tell them and I say, listen, we'll just start with an hour. If you can do more, that'll be great. And most of the time they struggle to get through a half hour to an hour lesson. And I tell them, I said, these are the things that you need to be working on. This is the type of physicality that this sport requires for the goals that you have set out to try to attain. And, then, and they start to understand really quickly that they need to be putting in those, uh, that type of intensity and work on a daily basis for them to achieve their goals.
0: And it's it really is about the intensity level, right? I mean, to to train for two three hours at a low level of intensity isn't preparing these kids for competition, for college, um, really for for anything beyond a recreational level of play.
1: Right. Well, the 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 words high performance get gets thrown gets thrown around quite a bit. So. Uh, I don't really even know what high performance is. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I do know <laughs> what high performance is, but but those words get thrown around a lot. High performance for me is that the child is going to go and train, and and train, you know, regard, maybe they're five hours if they're homeschooled, or maybe two to three hours after school, and they're walking off the court, and they are exhausted. They're tired. They're tired. They're sweaty. They're tired. They may want to sit on a bench for 20, 30 minutes. These are the things that I remember when I was training coming up through junior tennis that I would have to tell my mother that, mom, give, give, me, about, give, me, give me some time. I need to relax because I'm so tired. I'm not sure I can walk to the car. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that the kids are being trained at that type of intensity level on a daily basis, and that's really how you build these athletes. This is a very, very tough sport especially if you want to be playing at a high level and the physicality of the drills and the fitness level and, and everything that's required needs to be at an absolute premium because you're not only, you're not only playing the kids in your, in your County in your state in this nation, but you're actually competing against kids all over the world. So those kids are competing for your college scholarships. They're competing for the WTA tour or the ATP tour. So you have to be thinking what, what are the children doing in South America? What are they doing in Europe? What are they doing in Asia? Cause trust me, they are really, really working hard. And that was, that was, that was harped on from day one, from when I was training, when I was seven years old, I was going through drills, making sure I made 20 balls. If I didn't make 20 balls in a row, we started from zero there were times my coaches told me to finish the bucket. There were two, 300 balls in the bucket. I was trained by some very, very tough Argentine coaches, and, but they knew how to produce champions. And, and so it really all depends, like I, like I said, on your, on your goals and dreams of what you want with your tennis.
0: Well, so let me ask you this, because this was a question that I had repeatedly through my own kids' junior years, and I get asked the question a lot by other parents, too. You know, you're you're talking about training these kids at a high level and, you know, putting them through these intense drills, intense lessons. What if the kid just you know, they're they're not willing to work at that level. Um, they say they want to play high-level college tennis. They say their goal is to play on the pro tour, but they're not putting in that effort on a daily basis. At what point does, is it the coach's responsibility to hold them accountable to those goals? At what point is it the parent's responsibility to hold them accountable? And at what point is it up to the kid and... As a coach, you say, "You know, I'm sorry, but you're not putting the work in. I can't help you
1: well that 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 could happen quite often um, hopefully not in in the system that 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 I have here in South Florida, but when you take on many many players twenty thirty fifty i mean who who knows you're gonna have a lot of different personalities you're gonna have kids that have very high dreams and goals and expectations of themselves. And then you're going to have kids that maybe don't, maybe don't, you know, have those same expectations and goals with, with what I do on a daily basis with, with children, five hours a day, those, those, those things of, of hard work and listening and bringing their bringing, you know, their game and everything every single day has to be there or else it doesn't really interest me that much in, in, in training the player. So now maybe it's communication. So you know, I, I don't just throw them off the court and say, you don't want to be here and go home. So a lot of times I'll try to, you know, maybe, maybe change my terminology to them and, and, and try to explain to them and educate them and what it's really going to take. And so that that's what I try to do. Then if, if, if there's still problems, later on with you know maybe the child doesn't really want to work at this type of intensity level or they just you know really don't want to be great even though they say they they want to be great or not even be great but just basically bring their bring their work ethic every single day then I'm usually I'm not interested in training you know types those types of players I want to be happy when I get on the court to train the types of players and the, and the player doesn't have to be phenomenal they don't have to be incredible talents and everything but what they do have to do is they bring their bring bring a great attitude bring a great work ethic they want to learn these are the things that i look look for on a daily basis and 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 then i know that you know given a certain amount of time that the players are going to do very very well because they they're bringing that every single day and i'm bringing what i what I know to the court every single day and trying to pass my knowledge to to that certain player that's that's basically what i what I do on a on a daily basis if the player if I start to see that the player maybe doesn't want to be here they're not interested in training that hard and then I'm really not interested in quite honestly in in having that player in my system because i don't really i don't have the type of the type of system where you can have a lot of different personalities this is a very specialized system with what with what with what i do on a daily basis and these players are very very focused and they want to be achieving their goals and dreams if i had you know if i had coaches that i hired and and and, and a big system then you could take on players that maybe weren't quite as serious and everything then that's fine but with what i do i can't at this moment i can't really take on players because what you really don't want is you don't want really a bad apple in your, in your system. And what I mean by a bad apple is if I have serious tennis players and they're all training at a very, very high level, you can't have one person bringing, bringing it down. And if they do bring it down, then right. the whole group suffers. And then you have a big big issue on your hands. Hand. So, you know, those are, those are things that I monitor. And, and, and hopefully the child will start to understand what they need to do on a daily basis. And then if they don't, unfortunately, they, they may have to go. And it's unfortunate, but, you know what, I mean, you got to, you know, I, I do every single day I I run a system that I fully believe in that produces the best tennis players possible, and I'm willing to put in the work and effort every single day to try to make that happen for the players.
0: But what happens when you do get that bad apple? Have you faced that situation? How And, you know, if so, how have you handled it?
1: Um, well it's not very comforting to tell you the truth. I have, I have had uh, a couple bad apples over the years and usually a, a parent will, will realize that maybe their child, you know, doesn't, doesn't really basically belong in maybe a system like this. So they take them out, which is great. Um, or I may, I may need to tell them, you know what, this, this really isn't working out for your child or for myself. So it, it's best to, you know, best for you to search out other options. Um, you know, I mean, be, being being a being a coach and, and a mentor to the kids, um, you really want to make sure that what you're delivering is, is what is what you is really what, what the initial interview was about. It was it was about you know the goals and the dreams and, and really trying to guide that young child to the best uh, to the best of your knowledge. And that that's really what I'm doing every single day. And um, you know, if the child is maybe not interested in that, then you know what? It's okay. We shake hands. You know, it doesn't mean that I don't like you or any, or anything like that. It just means that it's just not going to work. You you need to find a different system for for your for your child.
0: Mhm. And I mean, have you ever had a situation where the parent said, you know, you're not doing your job, work harder and fix it? it you know, and I. I mean, I just, I'm imagining these conversations and I right. suspect there are parents that when they hear from you, you know, your child's not working at the level I require, this isn't working out, you need to find a new coach, would um, say, well, it's your fault, you're not doing your job then, you know, and how do you handle that? Well, I mean, I'm trying to help the parents do a better right. job, right, being, being, Right. sports parents, tennis parents. So, you know, it's right. important for us to understand um, from a coach's angle how our actions and our words are perceived by you guys. And so that's why I'm asking the question.
1: Are, are you asking, you know, a parent would say maybe that I'm not working hard enough with their child? Is Is that Is that what you're asking?
0: Yeah, well, or, or the parent says, or the, you know, or the, you say my child's not my child's not in there, you know, doing what you expect. It's, it's your fault, coach. You know, you're not doing your job properly. If you spent more time with my child um, or if you let him <laughs> play with a higher level player, then everything would be okay.
1: Right. So here, here, here's, here's, here's some things that – here's some ways that I, that I handle some things. So basically, with the very small intimate group that, that I have, everyone trains with everyone. There's no superstars here even though some are very, very high level tennis players, they all train together. That, that's, that's rule number one, because I can tell you from, from my upbringing of tennis, I was hitting with ATP players when I was seven years old and they were doing that just as a unbelievable favor to me and my coach. And that was, that was rule number one. You're you don't complain about anyone that you're practicing with and really in my in my tennis upbringing obviously I I was a good, very good player and everything I rarely had players that were better than me that I was training with and so if you're really high ranked in the country you're going to come across that that problem of well I mean I don't I don't have I don't have anyone ranked better than me to train with and so how do I get better well I'll explain to you how you get better basically you understand 100% what you need to be working on, on a daily basis. And that's how you get better, whether you're with better competition or you're not. And I I didn't have better competition for many of the years when I was growing up through my teen years to be training with. And I still had unbelievable workouts. I was training extremely hard and I was progressing at all times. So it is the coach's responsibility to make sure that, that, that the child and the parents understand what's going on. Now, in terms of a parent coming to a coach saying, You know, make make my child, you know, train harder and this and that. You can only lead the horse to the water. So Mm -hmm. all I'm doing on a daily basis is I'm I'm giving my knowledge to the players. I I may give them a little nudge here and there if they're you know if they're a little bit unfocused that day. I mean these these still are 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 young people and they need to and you know they may wake up a little tired that day or they could be a little a little ill or they got in a fight with their mom and dad. You just you never know. So, and like I said, every case is different, but I don't have parents come up to me and say, Todd, you're not working hard enough with my child. I'm taking care of, of, of the students that I train on a daily basis for five, seven hours. I don't have assistants working with me. And in fact, the only assistant I actually have working with me at the current moment and it's the first time I've ever hired someone is the coach that trained me for 20 years that took me from a beginner to the ATP tour. So it 's very, very special for for the for the parents and, and the children that i 'm trained to be training with with myself but also someone who's very very well respected around the world as one of the top coaches. So I brought him in to help me with my students, and the students love him and he 's and he's a, a tough coach he 's a disciplinarian, but he 's been producing the best tennis players in this country and in the world for twenty five to thirty years so i 've actually never come across where a parent says, "Todd, you're not working hard enough with my child." I would actually be shocked if a parent came up to me and said that. So I haven't I haven't had that case yet. So, and I hope I don't, but you know, I haven't had that one yet. So.
0: Well, it sounds like you've set up a unique system for yourself and for your the families that you work with. I'm not going to just say the players because it truly is a, a family investment um, right. you know, to, to make it so that those situations don't come up. But, um, I would venture to say that, you know, the majority of coaches aren't in that same situation. They, you know, and they have faced the, the parent now and every now and then <laughs> it says, you know, yeah, yeah I, mean, I know my kids uh, growing I, I, up, not having had enough sleep, not eating well, um you know bad attitude uh you know doesn't want to work hard but coach it's your fault
1: right i i've been i've been very very fortunate in my life to to be surrounded by amazing people i have an amazing family life i retired from the tour in 2010 and I, and what i tried to do here in south florida was really try to do it to the best of my ability and try to do it right i contacted the best coaches that I knew that produced the world's best tennis players and asked them what the best system is for producing the best tennis players. And I've been very, very fortunate to have the backing from my family to try to do this right. A lot of coaches, and, 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 and it's not wrong, a lot of coaches want to take on as many students as they can for that financial, financial stability. I've been able to, to, to pull this off, which it's not easy, but I've been able to pull it off. And, and, and make and make a nice living and if if I have six players and one or two leave or they get injured or sick or whatever it is, you know I may lose that income, but I believe in my system, and I also believe that you know more more will call me. It might be a month, it may be two months, but I believe in in what I'm doing, and so I believe that more students will call me because what it what I do is very rare and and I've had some of your viewers actually contact me over the past couple of months, but, and, and, they, and they're very, very interested in, in, in basically what I do because it may look weird it may, it may sound different, but to me it's the best way to try to get the most out of each and every player and, and, and really be involved in their life. And that's something that I enjoy and it's, and it's something that my coaches did for me. So I wasn't really brought up in any other way. And, and so this is and, – and quite honestly, the players that, that I've been working with for these six years, they've done phenomenal. They've gone to unbelievable mm-hmm. colleges. And not only have they gone to those colleges, they've, they've been playing high in their lineups. A, a lot of kids can go to colleges and they can just be part of the team. Maybe they're not starting on the team. But these children are starting very, very high in the lineups. So that it means that hopefully I'm doing a good enough job. And, and not only that, a lot of the college players, they come back during their summer breaks. They come back in their winter breaks. To, to train for their seasons. So that, that's how I know that they really appreciate what's going on.
0: Right. Well, one of the things that you do that sets you apart, from one of the many, um, and something that I've written quite a, a bit about and other coaches have talked about, is you really place a high premium on your students playing practice matches. And I want you to talk about why that's so important in your system, and what you feel the kids are getting out of that, why it's so valuable.
1: Oh, well, well what what I can tell you from practice matches is that what I'm seeing is less and less kids playing practice matches, and right. that that's concerning. That that's very very concerning. Now maybe it's at the at the at the facility maybe. The, the kids don't have enough courts to be spreading out to play matches. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the kids aren't really that competitive, which is a huge problem. Um, or maybe, maybe the coach is a little bit, little bit scared of if, if player A play, is supposedly better than player B and player B beats player A, that player may leave. So the coach may be protecting their pocket as well. So that, 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 that's a big problem. I, I can tell you that I've had players go to tournaments and they can't even find a practice set from anyone at the tournament, the day before the tournament. And, and that's just it's, – it's not proper preparation, first of all. And, and I mean, I'm a, it's, it's something really that doesn't make much sense. If your player is going to be competing at tournaments and, every, and everything like that, playing practice matches is imperative. And I'm not talking about one set. I'm talking about matches. I'm talking about two out of three set matches, and there are some tournaments that you have to play a ten point tiebreaker. So I, I understand that it's it's not something I like per se, but if if your if your son or daughter is playing in a tournament coming up and it's a ten point tiebreaker, well, they should play two sets and a ten point tiebreaker if they split those sets, or even play the ten point tiebreaker because they're going to be playing that in their tournament. That that's that's just proper preparation. Um, if a, if a child is is a little bit scared of playing practice matches and and really isn't that competitive this this is going to be a very difficult game for them if if they're if they're trying to achieve their goals and dreams if if a player enters a tournament and they haven't played practice matches I don't know how they're how they're properly prepared to be playing in that tennis tournament because that's what you're going to be doing in in your tennis tournament so what what you're learning in in a practice match compared to drills is is just is, is amazing i mean well, you, there are things that, you know, in 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 drills, it's a very controlled environment. Whether a coach is feeding balls to you, or whether you're in a live ball situation, that's controlled. In a in a match, there's many more things of how to construct points, how to maybe play when you're when you're tired. You can't you can't just call timeout and and really go take a break. If you're if you're in a practice match, you may be tired, you may be winded, you got to recover in 20 seconds between each point, there's so many things to learn that, that you don't learn in just having someone feed you balls or, or, or doing cross courts or running side to side the, that those are, those are two totally different things. And, and so you're seeing kids that really aren't that competitive and they're wondering why their, their tournaments are struggling. Their results from their tournaments are struggling and really, they're not properly prepared to be to be having better results if they're not competitive and playing practice matches.
0: One of the things that you said to me before we went on the air is if the first round match in the tournament is the first match they're playing that week, that is a problem
1: right that's 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 a huge problem <laughs> i mean that yeah. That means but that I the mean, player
0: has how many have, kids? Yeah. But how many kids are doing just that? You know, they're showing up for their first match of the tournament, not having played a single set the week prior.
1: Right. Well, not a single set. It should be probably at least one or two practice matches that 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 week before their tournament. Um, that means that they're they're ill prepared, in my opinion. They're ill-prepared to be playing in a tennis tournament. So what you may see is that a child is going to be very, very nervous. They're going to be unsure of themselves because they have not had the proper preparation going into that tournament. If they had great practices during the week and they, and they played a couple of great practice matches, now they're, now they're prepared to be, to be playing a tennis tournament. If a, if a child goes into a tennis tournament and their first, their first set is the first set they played that week, you're going to have major problems because they're, they, are, they are not match tough to be playing in that, in that tennis tournament. So I'm, I'm not really sure how they're going to be achieving their goals and dreams if they're a very, very serious tennis player. I, I don't know how that happens.
0: What if they have crummy practice matches the week prior? Would you tell them to reconsider playing in the event?
1: No, I think you make the best out of every situation that you can. So if if your child is head and heels above maybe the the player across the net there's always something to work on maybe you work on some serve and volley maybe you work on your slice backhand what i'm seeing is a lot of kids hit toss and forehands and toss backhands they don't have a lot of variety they they struggle to move around the court their transition game struggle a lot of times kids aren't working enough on their return of serve I, I can go on and on about this but if you have a lesser opponent across the net there you should be working on something that you normally wouldn't be working on and that's an ideal time to be doing that and uh you know obviously that needs to be communicated to the parents as well a parent may walk up to practice and they see that their child is playing against maybe a lesser opponent and they they may at first get a little bit upset and that's that to me that's an ideal time for the child to be improving other aspects of their game that they would not be working on if they're playing someone across the net at their ability or maybe above their ability, or maybe just below their ability, they're, they're trying to win. They're trying to win at all, at at all, you know, basically at all costs. So they're going to figure out a way to win, but they're not working on their game. They're competing, which is fantastic, but these things are totally different. So if someone is across the net and they're much lower level, that child needs to have the maturity and discipline to be working on something that they normally would not work on.
0: Okay, and what if the, during the week prior to the tournament, um, the child is playing practice matches, let's say, with somebody, you know, at a similar level, but they're just playing, like, just everything's off. The timing's off. Their, their mind isn't in it. Their shot selection is crummy because, you know, they're not focused. Um, how do you use that? to get them ready for their first round?
1: Well, I try to, I try to have them focus a little bit better on, on what we're really trying to work on. I can go send two kids to court 20 and they can go play a practice match against each other. Does that mean that they're becoming better tennis players? Maybe, maybe not. It all depends on if they act, if they actually understand what they're, what they're working on. So many times when I go to tennis tournaments, I can't even figure out what the game plans are of the kids that I'm watching compete. They they don't really understand how to be constructing points, how to handle different situations, how to handle them, how to handle their own, their own attitudes, their own emotions. There's a lot of things that that coaches need to, in my opinion, that coaches need to coach about so that their child can, can, can progress. Um, in terms, of, you know, the, the, in terms of, of the development, what you're seeing a lot and what I've seen a lot in, in, in the United States is you see a lot of kids that have their techniques, for the most part, look pretty good, but they really don't understand what they're doing on a tennis court, and especially in, in, in a point situation. They don't understand how to construct points properly for them to use their strengths against, the against the opponent's weaknesses, and, that, and that's coached. As well as you know, they they can they can learn by watching matches and everything, but that's actually coached coached to understand how to play tennis, not just run and hit a tennis ball.
0: Right, right. Well, so let's let's shift gears because we've only got well less than ten minutes left, and I, I want to make sure I touch on this. Um, right. A lot has been written and said about parents, tennis parents in particular, that, you know, we're a difficult group and, um, you know, we don't really understand what our role is in in the whole process, and I think that's true. Um, I think a lot of us are very confused about what we're supposed to be doing out there. Um, helicopter parents, that term gets thrown around a lot. Can you talk about that and as a coach how do you help parents do a better job
1: well i've had a couple of different cases some 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 parents unfortunately i'll sit down and i'll chat with them and, and we'll have a great discussion but maybe they ha- they have trouble letting go of their child um i don't usually have cases like that because they, they drop their child off and they understand that they're going to, their child is going to be taken care of, you know, by me for the five hours a day of training. Plus, you know, it could be a couple hours of lunch and, 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 ev- and everything like that. Now I, I have had some cases where, where I think I'm a, and, and I, and I'm thinking quite honestly, I'm thinking, man, it's going to be really hard for this child to mature. It's going to be really hard for them to break free from their parents and, it's going to it's going to take a toll on their tennis unfortunately and that's it's it's a very it's very unfortunate but you know it it, it i guess it it is what it is um there's going to there's going to come a certain point where it could affect the relationship between this the son or daughter with with their parent which is which is really disturbing because tennis is one thing but if, if if there's problems between, you know, the, the, the children and the, and the parents in the house, that that's a that's a whole nother issue. And so the best players that I've trained in these six years, their parents will full out admit, I let you do your job and I and I wanted to stay out of your way and it, and it wasn't and it and it and that doesn't mean that we didn't have discussions about what I was working on with their child or the development that we went through so their child could achieve could achieve their goals but they let me do my job and if I was going to the doctor's office I wouldn't I wouldn't tell the doctor what to do and so it, a lot of it comes down to the the trust you have in the person guiding your child as well so it doesn't mean that the parents have to be, you know, thrown away and get out of the way and everything. I I, I look at everything as a case by case um, basis. So the way that I train a child could be much different from the way that I train another child. Um, I also look at the background of of, of the child, where the, where they came from, in the house, who who coached them prior to to when I started working with the child. I try to really get a great background of how to help this child become the best that they can be and to become obviously great citizens. And when they do, when they start going through the process for college, I want to make sure that, that, that I'm giving, you know, that, that I'm sending a child to, to a coach that I think will, that the coach will have a great time with and, and they'll have a great four years with. But in terms of the helicopter parenting, a lot of times, the child is stalled maturity wise and uh, it becomes very difficult for the coach to connect with with the child because they're constantly looking, where's my dad? Where's my mom? How, you know, and, and they're not used to doing things on their own. Everything is, is is very monitored. Everything is is taken care of. And but when a child is in a tennis match, there's no one that can really help them. I can I can you know, applaud all their great shots and give them encouragement and everything from the sidelines. But really it's them. They, they have to, they have to bring their A game to their matches and, and no one can really help them other than than themselves. And that's where a lot of the children start to have maybe, maybe some problems with their attitude and everything is that they, they don't know how to handle themselves and the maturity is a little bit off. And, uh, and the parents are always around and, and the, and the child just can't, can't mature
0: interesting well i think that's um you know something that we all need to be thinking about and you know i'm my job is done as a tennis parent Uh um i my kids in college and you know uh the coach's responsibility for the most part now which is a, a unique situation to be in too but um I, I think it's very difficult, you know, for most of us to to have that trusting relationship with a coach. And, um, you know, like I said before, there there are a lot of coaches out there that don't even come close to the type of environment that you seem to have been able to create. And, you know, it's, it sounds to me as if you took your positive tennis development experience in your own life and use that to formulate, you know, a system that, that you can implement. And at the same time, you're still relying on your old coach to, to be there, to mentor you and, you know, offer feedback and support and all of that, which, you know, that's, to me, that would be the ideal situation for for any coach. But not everyone has the know-how to do that or or the means to do it I guess and um, so congratulations to you for for creating this phenomenal environment for these kids and they're very lucky to be working with you and uh, I hope you'll continue to share your coaching wisdom with the Parenting Aces audience because I even though I'm not in that role anymore I I continue to learn and it's you know it's it's really phenomenal to To have access to people like you, Todd, to talk to us about how things should be out there and and the things that we as parents should be looking for to make our children's experience in this sport a
1: positive one. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I mean, you know, thanks, obviously, for your time. I love passing along my knowledge, whether it's during this great interview or the articles that I write for your website. And I've had a lot of positive responses. From it, and, and really, I'm just trying to guide a select group of kids to the best of my knowledge, whether it's emotionally or tactically, technically, physically, just all the things that I've learned over the years and all the different levels that I was exposed to tennis-wise and all the things that I learned. And that's basically what I'm doing on a daily basis. So it's very exciting for me to, uh, to do that on a daily basis, as well as uh, for, for my coach, Pierre Arnold, that I brought in to help me with my, with my students. And, uh, you know, it's, we're just trying to create the best environment possible. That, that's really what we're trying to do. And I'm trying to be different and it's not easy, but uh, we're putting in a lot of work and a lot of time and, and the children deserve it. Most importantly, they definitely deserve it. And, and so do the parents. So that's, uh, those, those are things that, uh, that bring us the most happiness and, and trying to do the, the job right. And, uh, and and that's it. You know, it's uh, it's not complicated, well, and and uh, that's what we're trying to do. So it, it well, could be complicated at times, but, yeah, so I huh. appreciate you're it. You're doing
0: a great job, Todd. Thank you so much. And to my audience, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm not sure what our situation is going to be next week. I had to reschedule next week's guests, so... Uh, stay tuned uh, via our, our Facebook and Twitter feeds uh, to see what's going on in terms of show next week. But um, I want to say thank you so much, Todd, for for coming on the air with us, and I look forward to continuing our conversations either through reading your articles or through our Facebook interactions or through interviews here. So, love to have you back anytime.
1: Thank you very much, Lisa, and thanks for everyone that was listening. Uh to the interview. I appreciate it very much.
0: Sure. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time on Parenting
1: Aces.